Hey guys, I'm Kelly Wolf, and this is the Flow Podcast. I feel like I have to clear something up. So when people hear the word flow, they always ask me, is this a yoga class or just something that can happen when you're surfing? But this flow stands for finding love over worry. And this podcast is all about the ways that you can have more flow in your life. On the Flow Podcast, I'm going to share my wisdom as a coach, a writer, a speaker, and a mama. I want to give you all the goods so that you can start your flow journey today. All right, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Flow Podcast. So this episode will be the last episode for a few weeks, maybe more than a few. I think a few equals three, so it's more than three, but I don't know what the word is for four or five. We're working out our planning for season three, and it's funny. When you're doing a podcast, uh, you kind of decide, do you want to be seasonal? Do you want to blow through? And the last few weeks have been a lot on my plate. And I realized that it was best if I went seasonally, which makes complete sense to me because that's how we are as humans. At least that's how I am. I definitely ebb and flow on this planet. And so I'm going to take a break. I'm going to get a lot of things organized for season three. And I am really, really, really excited. I have a lot of ideas that I want to bring to you. And between now and then, there's some fairly significant things that are going to happen in our world over here. But I can't really talk about a couple of them. Boo, I hate it when people say that. That drives me bananas. But in this case, I can't. <laughs> so, But I hopefully will be able to soon. And two ways that we can stay in communication over the next few plus two weeks or whatever is Bright Live. I am doing the Bright Live classes. I will continue to do them. They will be once a month. I will have them on my Instagram. I will attempt to email about them, but you can definitely stay abreast of that. And I will also be, wait for it, drum roll, have the book out in the fall. Oh my God. Oh my ever living God. You know, there's a lot of people and I'm just, I'm just not this person that show the entire writing process behind the scenes. And I've, I've kind of thought about this because upon reflection, it could be very beneficial. But when I'm in the process of it, it's really hard for me to take my brain out and then show the process, if that makes any sense. But what I can tell you is the process is a process. <laughs> it is an enormous undertaking and a process that I maybe hadn't fully comprehended, which you know, one could make the argument that that is a good thing because I think a lot of times it's kind of what I think about childbirth. If you knew what it was, if you really knew what it was, then you may avoid that. But the truth is when you're in it, you do it and it's amazing and you forget, you almost immediately forget that it was painful and hard and you go on to the next thing. So in this case, yeah, I kind of think I understand why people say that there's pain involved in a craft like writing a book, but I don't find it to be painful. I find it to be freaking invigorating. In fact, I think my hardest struggle in working on the book is finding the time to do it because I love it so much. And I create this kind of 
I don't know, this like bubble around me when I'm, when I'm writing and I have a very busy life and three young children and it's hard for me to get into that bubble and not have any disruptions. I've heard other writers talk about how I, they, I call it, they call it the cracks. That's definitely not a technical term, but they call it the cracks where they, they say, I write in the cracks. And I have a few friends that have written books. And I always ask like, what is your technique? What is your method? I don't think there's a, a right or wrong method, but most of my peers have told me, in fact, they wrote in the cracks. And I think that's accurate. I think you find little places where you can take the time to quiet all the things that are around you because it's a task. Did you know that OG is an NSF certified organic skincare company? Because they are committed to a seed to skin approach. That way you can know everything that you're putting on your skin is from the purest ingredients from the earth. I am a fan of all the OG products. My makeup bag looks like an OG makeup stand, (laughs) but my favorite right now is the sculpted face sticks. I love carnelian. It gives me this buildable, luminous, dewy glow, and I'm obsessed. You guys can find OG on all major social platforms from YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at OG. That's O-G-E. You can also go to their website, www.og.com, and check out all their products. They're stunning. You will love having them on your countertop. All right, guys, let's get glowing with OG. One of the things I get asked about the most are recommendations for coaches in different niche areas. I have a coach who I recommend to all parents who have found themselves feeling like they are alone in their parenting journey because their child was born in a way that they didn't expect. Margaret Webb Life Coaching is a true unicorn, you guys. She is a master certified life coach. She is certified nature-based coach. She is a former teacher, but her most important journey and job on this life was being a mother to her 17-year-old son who is on the autism spectrum. She works with parents who feel incredibly alone in their journey with a child that they didn't expect. And she wants to remind those parents that not only are they not alone, but there are things that they can do to bring ease and joy in their life that they may have never considered. I call Margaret a friend. She is a profoundly gifted coach. And if you have found yourself on this journey, I would not hesitate to reach out to her. Go to margaretweblifecoach.com and that is web with two Bs. And I promise that this will change the journey for you. So aside from planning out the next season of this podcast and finishing my book, I have another very prominent agenda item on my list, and that is what today's podcast is going to be about. So this summer, this summer, you guys, I wanted to call this my summer of fun. Okay, I'm going to put a little caveat here. Contrary to what people might think, and maybe they don't think this, but maybe they do, I suck at pre-planning big things. I used to be so good at it that people called me Julie McCoy, but then I had 
uh, three kids, two dogs, and a husband who has a very unpredictable work schedule. And I just atrophied that muscle entirely. So I'm not great at making a plan ahead of time. And, and also because, oh, here's a good example. We had a family trip that was planned for the end of June. And it had been planned for months. And God bless our family. They were the ones who made the plan. This is Scott's side of the family. And we were going to go to Hilton Head. I think it's in Georgia. And the whole family was going to go. And then Scott got offered a Netflix movie, which, by the way, that's incredible. And we had a family communication about it. Did I say family communication? What a weird thing to say. We had a family chat and decided that I was going to take the kids and he would do the movie. Okay. That was our first pass. Then Canada kept extending their quarantine rules. And so cut to, we decided not to take the trip, but I can just tell you that this is a constant, at least in my life where it's very hard for me to make plans. Things are consistently moving. I really have to be much more spontaneous with plans, but this summer, this summer, I have decided I want this to be my summer of fun. And this is what I'm going to bring to you guys to tell you how I am going to approach this. So I'll tell you how I'm going to approach this. And then I'll also tell you how I came to this. So we are moving again. Good. My God. Um, We're moving again. And it would be very easy for me to kind of ostrich myself to get things done. So my typical pattern would be, okay, get my work done, do what I have to do, start packing, et cetera, et cetera. And then I said, stop that. All of us, every single one of us needs some more freaking fun. Please, God, can we have some more fun? And because, and I sort of teed this up before, I'm not going to make big travel plans. I'm not going to necessarily even leave my little abode. I'm going to create fun out of what I have right in front of me. And that is why I wanted to give you this episode because everybody can do this. And if you are like me, you've heard all the people, everybody's, everybody wants to get what I hear somebody say. I just need to get the hell out. <laughs> I need to get the hell out. Okay. Which is fair. I think we're all ready to, you know, break down and break down the walls and get outside and do some other things and go on some trips. Um, but since my life isn't going to allow for a lot of big trips, I'm going to come up with some creative ideas as to how to have fun here and now. First of all, let's unpack fun for a minute. All right. This has been a word that's been rolling around for a while and fun. Gosh, I think I've lost a little bit of my fun gene over the last few years, like I said before, I was the Julie McCoy, you know, I would literally have, I had a strategy to keep you at my house. If I was having a party, I was telling uh, my friend the other day that I had a strategy. So we would, you come over, we would have dinner maybe at seven. And then if people were drinking, I would order this like giant foot long sub that would arrive right around 1030. That would keep you a little bit longer. And then I had a playlist that I would start playing right around midnight to keep you a little bit longer. (laughs) So this, I had these like strategies to keep the fun going. And now my version of fun would be to be in bed by 830. So I'm really going to have to challenge that inner part of me that sort of remembers how to do this. But what I do with clients a lot is I have them create a fun list. And I'm sure you just picked up on the irony there. See, it's like the pot calling the kettle black or the cobbler's kids have no shoes. 
It's one of those. It's the part where I understand the value in this, but I'm not always doing it. So this time I'm going to do it for myself. And I've had this ticker tape, this running ticker tape of things that sound really fun, but they'll happen later. Raise your hand if you can relate to that sensation. Oh yeah, that would be really great. And I'll do that later. And I I might be working with somebody and they'll say, oh my God, I really, I'm just, all I want to do is X, but there's, there's no plan for X. And this is absolutely right up my wheelhouse. So here's what we're going to do to start. Well, first of all, let me just offer you a couple little tidbits before we get into the tangible how-to on your summer fun list. The little background things that I want us to keep in mind. Okay. These are just, think of these as mental prompts when you are sitting down to create your fun list. Okay. These are generally things that come up in the ether for me that I like to share with all of you because I think that they are of benefit. And these are the handful of things that got my brain into a state of being able to think about what would be fun to consider planning for that because, you know, unfortunately I've got to plan a little bit to make these things happen. But it started with first a conversation I had with a friend about nostalgia. Okay. Nostalgia. Nostalgia is a beautiful, wonderful drug. When we start thinking about something, something in our history, and especially the some things that bring just all the good feelings, you know, I'll say one of my highest nostalgia ticker tapes is uh, growing up in the South, summertime, probably in my early 20s, canoeing down a river, camping with friends. We would tie, you know, uh, like a six pack of beer onto the back of the canoe and it would, you know, float along with us and we would float. I would, you know, pack a cooler that had amazing food. As we all know, guys, I've been obsessed with amazing food as long as I can remember. And for anybody that thinks this is a new thing, I would have full blown four course dinner parties when I was 19 and had my own house. This has been this has been me for as long as I can remember. I wore a black gown to my 21st birthday in Kansas at University of Kansas. <laughs> I mean, I just that's just part of my personality. So, I brought amazing food on the camping trips and I I could get nostalgia for that, for the smell, for the light, for the the water, the way everything felt. All right, so when we trap ourselves into nostalgia, we are actually literally tapping into a form of suffering. And here's why. As seductive as nostalgia feels, it is no real benefit. Again, that's not to say you shouldn't go down that path. I mean, sure, turn on a song and roll your windows down and have your moment. But remember that nostalgia is a speed train to internal strife and suffering. And the reason why is it's taking you completely out of the present moment. 100% out of the present moment. Anytime we tap into nostalgia, we leave the here and now, and we start to believe that whatever is in the past is better than what's ever happening right here in this current moment. How we can use nostalgia to our benefit is to take the pieces similar to the story that I just told you and go, oh, right. Those are the things that make me feel alive. Those are the things that make me feel excited and use that towards your fun list planning. So for instance, I don't live in the South on a river anymore, but I do live close to the ocean. So 
that should trigger my brain to go, okay, what could I do on the water similar to that feeling? What could I plan that would be fun, that would sort of evoke that same sensation in me? And that's where I begin. So that would be step one. That'd be the first thing I write down. Might be uh, schedule a day in my calendar, you know, I don't know, rent a canoe. Maybe I don't even need to go that far. Maybe it's as simple as walking down the street and jumping in the water. You know, I think about this a lot. That's a list thing I have. It's one of those things where I go every day, I would love to go jump in the ocean water. It is freezing. I'm in the Pacific Northwest and I think it's generally pretty cold. It might be not right now, but then I go, oh, well, then I have to wash my hair. Girls, does anybody, please, you all know how I feel, how this goes in our in our brains. I have to wash my hair. I don't have time to take a shower after blah, blah, blah. So again, that's on my fun list. And like anything, tiny habits, you know, I love to talk about tiny habits. BJ Fogg, if you don't know about it, go look it up, wrote a book called Tiny Habits. And it's all about little things that you do repetitively that will get you to a place of consistency. So also uh, Blueberry Nutrition, who is one of our sponsors, she is a Jedi when it comes to using the small habits. So please go follow her. She's Blueberry Nutrition. I think it's also in the sponsorship. You will hear it. It will also be in the show notes. So please go check that out. Remembering that whatever small habit you continue to do over and over again will just become second nature. And think about anything that you didn't do, you know, earlier in your life that you do now. A big glaring one for me is how early I wake up. I did not. I was never, ever, ever a morning person. But small, little changes over time have shifted me to that just being secondhand. I'm actually not really even thinking about it anymore. It's just, it's now habitual. So anything like this. Okay, so what I would like to do is go jump in the ocean water enough times that it just becomes habitual, that it just becomes normal, and that it becomes easy. But the only way to do that is just to begin. And I think the best way to begin these things is to, if you have a busy life, to schedule them. So as corny as it sounds, guys, I'm, I know that is just sounds like, you know, the death of spontaneity, but to plan for it and then execute on it. Do not tell yourself uh, an excuse. And I'll do this as a challenge with, with clients as well, that if we put it on the calendar and we ask ourselves, what is, what is our boundary line on this? What am I willing to shift and change to make sure that I do this thing. So for instance, you know, the day I'm jumping in the water, I also then get called to do uh, a Zoom meeting 45 minutes later. Am I going to say no? Am I going to have wet hair? You know, I, listen, this is a softball, but I'm trying to get you to get to the point of this. So to understand the, the keys here, we have to have a boundary line. We have to have a no-fly zone that we will do the thing no matter what. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I wanted to read to you something that I love. This is a quote that actually my husband wrote out in his handwriting and it hangs above his bedside. And it's George Bernard Shaw and it goes like this. This is the true joy in life, 
that being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, that being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish, little clod of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole community, and as long as I live it, it is my privilege to do for it whatever I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die. For the harder I work, the more I live. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Life is no brief candle to me. It is a sort of splendid torch, which I've got to hold up for the moment, and I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it on to the future generations. Okay, can I just tell you why I love this so much? It evokes this thing in me about living, about really living. And there's a line in here that has come up often in my life. And it was the line that says, being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish, little clod of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making me happy. Okay, let's take that one in for just a second. How often or how many times, whether it's ourselves or the people that we are surrounded by, are just so piled up in resentments, frustrations, grievances, and ailments that they have now come to believe that the world is here to service them versus grabbing a hold of your life in the way that has so much gusto. I have a thing also in front of me that says, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come from miles to watch you burn. When I do my next bright class, of course I'm being Kelly and I can't help myself, but it's I'm, I called it cheese plates and energy mastery because number one, I love cheese plates <clears throat> and so do you. Uh, are you going to? Plus they're super easy and I feel like they elude people on how to actually put them together. Okay, sidebar. But the energy mastery part is what really like gets my blood pumping because when we are on fire, when we are in our element, when we are living our life, really grabbing a hold of our life, we become this electric magnetic force of nature. And it is powerful. You might need a representation of this in somebody that you know, somebody that you're around. Think about somebody in in your orbit that you just, oh my God, you cannot get enough of them, right? Somebody who just their energy fills you up, lights you up. And then check in with yourself. Are you in that same energy field? Are you doing that same thing? I believe deeply that we can master our energy. It comes with some understanding, some awareness, some tricks, some tools, some magic fairy dust, but it is not just possible. It's probable. And when you wake up to the power of mastering your energy, everything can shift in your life. I mean, literally everything can shift in your life. So this moment, this fun, this summer of fun, to me, it's also, you know, cousins to this energy mastery thing because I've noticed, and I'll hear confession, confession, I think I fell into a little bit of that grievances and ailments trap um, over the last few months. And I could actually feel, I could truly feel the difference in my energy and the difference in how people respond to me when I was in that state. 
And a lot of it, I mean, listen, I'm just going to fully blame The Handmaid's Tale right now (laughs) because OMG, God, that show is messing with my head. I mean, I'm joking and I'm not. We have to be thoughtful about our energy. And I want to live, I want to live in the way that George Bernard Shaw talked about this beautiful, amazing, bright candle that is thoroughly used up and that it's then doing whatever it can, this life force, this life force that I have been, this gift that I have been given. I want it to, I want to use it up. I want to use it up and I do not want to spend it just complaining or feeling like I don't have this, that, and the other thing. So again, we have to take the construct of what is, watch out for nostalgia, see where your boundary lines are, and then plan something. Are you celebrating the moments of your life, the big and small moments of your life? Because our friends at 1111 Wines believe in just that. In fact, their tagline is make your moment. You guys, I've been a fan of 1111 Wines for years. They are a luxury wine brand. They have one of the top winemakers in the world, Kirk Vengay, and they believe deeply in the power of connection. 1111 has so much to offer. You can be a wine club member, which gives you incredible perks, one of which is priority booking in their incredible vineyard house. Guys, I booked it last year and did it to mark a really special occasion in my life, and I will never forget it. So the next time that you want to make a moment in your life, consider giving the gift of 1111 Wines to someone that you love, or give it to yourself. Sign up for the wine club, go to their website at 1111wines.com, and be ready to make your moment. I had a huge aha moment when I first started working with Joe at Blueberry Nutrition, and that is blueberry-nutrition.com. And when you go to their website, start by taking the quiz. It will give you an individualized program that's created just for you. So when I first started working with Joe, she had helped me find these small changes, these tiny habits that I could make for my overall health. At the time I had been feeling dizzy and my blood pressure was low and she really got to the root of the problem. Her whole method is to get you off of those vicious cycles of losing the same 20 pounds over and over again. Her method was designed to create lasting changes for you, changes that are doable, that come from small habit shifts. Go check out blueberry-nutrition.com and start your health journey today. You know, I started this whole thing off by saying there's a lane where I can get caught up in a frenzy. Everybody's traveling. People are going to these amazing places and I see things on social media and they just trigger all this sensation to me like, oh, I wish I could do that. Boom, right there. Check that. Check that response. Because number one, there is a message in it. When you feel like there's something you want that you can't have, that is a message. That is your passion calling you. That's how you can begin to identify what you want in this lifetime. People get stuck because they go, ooh, that's something that I want and I don't have. And then they get mad or they get resentful or they get jealous or they get whatever. And then we start complaining and we boom, 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 right? Okay, you get it. So we go down that path versus going, "Mm, what did that just trigger in me? Okay, here's an example. 
uh, this is a bad one, but I can't think of anything else right now. I uh, watched an Instagram of like just, you know, these beautiful images of people traveling. And traveling is something that I absolutely love. It is my great passion. In fact, 2019, I took a bunch of women to South Africa on safari. I just love it. I love big adventures. I love seeing the four corners of the earth. And I've been very lucky to take big adventures and see a lot of it. But what happens when you have wanderlust and you're a big, you know, a big thinker that way or a big, a big planner that way, you can miss what's sitting right in front of you. Right. And for me, that is going to be the challenge of this summer. So jumping in the ocean, you know, another thing that had pinged for me was I think if you guys follow me on Instagram, you probably saw a post I did a a few weeks ago, or maybe a week ago. And, you know, I was kind of having a moment. I was just in a big pile on. And I often do post those things, not because I'm truly in, you know, distinct trouble in that moment. I post them so that you can also understand that one, you're not alone, that everybody has these feelings. And it's easy to post things when everything's like wonderful and happy and light and bright. And it's a lot harder to post those really vulnerable ones. And I do it on purpose because the because the sensation would be to just not. But I want to do that for solidarity purposes. But one of the things that was on that list, and again, this is when we're in the grievance stage, was, oh, I miss my family. I miss my friends. I miss this. I miss that. I miss this ease to being around people that I have known for for many, many years and that simplicity where I'm not growing relationships, I'm in the relationship. And if you're somebody who's moved or you move a lot or you're in new places, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There is a work to be done when you are new to a place. You have to put effort forth. So instead of sitting in the bucket of my disdain, I decided, well, wait a minute, what are the things that triggered that? Was it seeing you know, friends getting together, hearing about them getting together. Well, what about that? Oh, it's getting together. It's being with people. It's being in a social environment. Guess what I did? I planned a party. So we're now in Canada allowed to have gatherings. Thank you. And so I planned a party and I'm going to have a party this weekend and I'm going to go for it. I decided to just go for it. I'm working with a local company called Time and Place. That's T-H-Y-M-E. They are in Vancouver. They come and they put together like a a whole evening. It's not, they don't, not the whole evening, but they put together the table and you can choose different themes like Boho, Amalfi Coast, you know, um, Powder Pink, all these different themes. So I'm doing Amalfi Coast. I'm going to cook the food because that's my love language. But you see where I'm going with this. So if I can challenge myself to put, and it, oh, this all just depends on your life and, and what you've got going on. My first challenge to you, I'll put at least minimum of one thing per month that is fun. And then I want you to ask yourself, what are your boundary lines on that? What are you willing to cancel? What are you willing to move? What are you willing to do to make sure that it happens so that you don't find yourself getting up to it and going, oh, I don't really need to do that for myself. Okay. So I want you to first Try to find something, at least one thing a month, and then maybe let's keep adding. That would be the ultimate goal. Okay, another fun little tactic to get yourself out of, you know, feeling stuck, feeling frustrated, resentful, I don't know, whatever, just feeling like other things are happening around you and you you can't have the fun. 
This is from Margaret Webb, also a sponsor. So definitely check her out. She is incredible. Her technique is to ask yourself, and this is just, you know, you could use this as a writing prompt, but what is perfect right now? What is perfect right now? And I actually used her prompt and that's where my jump in the water thing came from. You know, here I am in this house that is just feet from the ocean. And I've decided that I don't have access to something fun. That's absurd. Okay. So that's a great little prompt to get you started. Now there's another couple things that we can throw into this container that I think can also start to get your brain, get your energy back into your self-care, into having fun, into, you know, getting out of the funky bucket. Ooh, I'm going to call it that now. The funky bucket brought to you by The Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) Okay. I have to also say The Handmaid's Tale is truly one of the most brilliant pieces of art that I have ever seen in terms of acting, cinematography, writing, lighting, uh, set design. I mean, this is also me being married to an actor, but good God, it is incredible. It is it is truly phenomenal. I, I don't know that I've seen, it would be hard for me to think of something that I think is this superb, but the topic is pretty gnarly. And it puts me sometimes in a funky bucket that I can't stop looking. All right. So this is a little, I used to call it clean the drawer, but we're going to shift it up a little bit. We're going to spruce up something in your space. Okay. This also does not entail you having to get on a plane, go anywhere, do anything. Spruce it up, even if you don't have to. And if you're like me and you are attempting to be more minimalist, spruce it up with other things from different parts of the house. That's one option. You can also go outside of your house. You can cut uh, things out of your yard to spruce it up with. You can get really creative if you aren't interested in, in purchasing anything. But if you are interested in purchasing something, then spruce up some space that you have. Whether And if you don't even want to go there, this is where I had clean the drawer. So there's a thing about doing one thing that takes us to the next. That's the tiny habits situation. If you clean a drawer, this is pretty incredible. If you clean a drawer, what it does to your serotonin and dopamine levels, what it does to your general affect is remarkable. One drawer and one drawer usually leads to the another, to the another, to the another, to the another. So you get my drift. Clean a drawer, spruce up a section of your house, do something fun for yourself. I don't know, maybe buy yourself a lip gloss, you know, get something that makes you feel good. And you can be, and oh, hey, since I'm on a sponsorship kick, I didn't even, I'm, this is not intentional, guys. It's just, this is where it's going. You could buy a lip gloss from OG <laughs> because they are my favorite. In fact, I just put one on right now. Um, they're also a sponsor. You can check them out in the sponsor notes. Well, and I cannot leave out my absolute favorite wine. So again, these are not on purpose, but let's roll with it. 1111, you guys, 1111 winery. And you don't have to go to Napa to experience it. You can order it online at 1111.com. But again, these are the things, you know, I'm being funny right now, but the point is, is that do something that creates an energy in you that that invigorates you that makes things feel like you're actually here living this gift of a life do not forget that this life is a gift and you are here to live it to its fullest and you will know if you've ever worked with me know me anything 
listen, I'm on the slow boat. Okay. It is okay. You can go slow to these things. And in fact, going slow might be the best way to it. So it's not necessary for you to get online and book, you know, a trip where you walk across Spain, although that's definitely on my list, but no need for that. You can do something right in your backyard that can begin to create and get you back into your enjoyment of life. Speaking of enjoyment, you know what I forgot in our last few episodes, which is just hilarious to me. I forgot our three M's and our breakfast. Although today it's going to be dinner. Okay. So three M's today. Here is something, boy, oh boy. If we, if I ever wanted to like do a spreadsheet on my mental health, it would be directly correlated with my ability to get outside and walk in the trees without a doubt. So for the time that I traveled and was in quarantine, there was no walking outside. And I think that my sweet little brain was feeling it. And today and every day, I always am walking in the woods somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. So that was my move. My munch, this is a fun one. I think this is still on my website, but I'm not sure, are peanut butter balls. So a peanut butter ball this morning, that sounds like nothing, but that wasn't it. And then I've been making homemade granola. And for those of you who think that's really challenging, it's so not challenging. It's so simple. It entails taking, you know, oats and nuts and I don't know, whatever you like in your granola, you put a couple of things on top. I think for this one, it was like, I did a little bit of brown sugar and I don't remember, but whatever you can make your own granola. And I did that on top of yogurt and berries and mm, it was amazing. And I really just want to tell you also what I'm going to be doing for the party. But wait, I forgot meditate. <gasps> Can't forget meditate. My meditation was this morning. I woke up and I know all the big meditators out there don't like this, <laughs> but I don't care. I woke up, I stayed in the bed, I was fully awake. And so I was not at risk of falling back to sleep. And I did my meditation just laying there because the the light was so beautiful. It is hot, y'all. I know most of us right now, I think the people that listen to this, we are hot. It is hot. I am sitting here dripping in sweat. We don't have air conditioning and holy mother. So yeah, guys, for those of you, all my sisters and brothers that are down there in the South right now, I know you are smoldering dripping in sweat uh, because we are sweating up here in the Pacific Northwest. So I know how, what you guys are cooking down there. One of my favorite things to do when I'm planning a party is thinking of my menu. And I just think it's really fun. I, I, I particularly think it's fun when I have time for it. And I put a lot of thought into this one. So here's what I'm doing. And for all of my cooks out there, this one's for you in case you need some inspiration. I, I need inspiration. Like I'm one of those people who follows I don't always make the recipe, but I might be like, oh yeah, I could do that for dinner. Like I saw this cauliflower, Kung Pao cauliflower that somebody had mentioned and I didn't even ask them for the recipe. I just Googled a recipe. So, and it was delicious, Uh, but it just helps me be inspired. Okay. This was something that I remembered I had done many years ago in a hot summer in California. And it was, it like was one of my favorite things. And it was a Tuscan steak. Now, I could not remember for the life of me how to make it. 
So I looked it up, but I knew that it had lemon. There was something with lemon. And so in this particular recipe, you marinate the steak in garlic, rosemary, and olive oil for at least a day. And I think they recommended ribeye, but I feel like you could maybe use a flank for this. And you grill it and then you grill lemons and then you squeeze the lemon juice over the top of it. I know it sounds strange, but it is, oh my gosh, it is so incredible. I can't wait. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a caprese salad, but I'm going to do it sort of chopped caprese salad because I think it's a lot easier to eat. I'm going to do a grilled corn salad. And for that, I'm just going to do grilled corn, feta, um, maybe some fresh oregano and olive oil, salt, pepper, maybe a little bit of sherry vinegar. We'll see. And then I think I'm going to do roasted potatoes. All right. That's it, guys. I hope that was inspiring to you. And all the people that always tell me like I should write a cookbook, I love you. I think, yes, maybe I will someday. But good man, I have no idea how in the world people get a cookbook done. Do you know how much recipe testing it takes? Every time you go get a cookbook, I want you to know that took a lot, a lot of work. If you are Ina Garten or Martha Stewart, you have lots of people testing recipes for you and you have like a whole you know, kitchen doing that. If you are just a person trying to do that, it is no joke. It is no joke. So maybe that might have to be uh, my chapter 20, (laughs) writing a cookbook in my 90s. Let's see how that goes. In the meantime, hopefully that inspires you. And please have the best summer. I hope that you know how special you are. I hope that you know that you are intrinsically loved. I hope that you know that you deserve to enjoy your life. You deserve to experience flow. And if I can provide anything, anything to help you remember that, then I have done my job. Because the more of us that remember that our life is spectacular, the happier we're all going to be. I recently heard, and I'm going to leave you with this because it really struck me. I recently heard an interview. Oh man, I forget who it was. And he said, if you are in fear, you cannot also be curious. Wow. That one hit me hard. If you are in fear, you cannot be curious. So when we are in resentment and grievances and frustrations and irritations and envy and all those things... We cannot be curious. And I think one thing I have learned over this season in particular is that curiosity didn't kill the cat. Curiosity is the key. Curiosity is the key. It's the key to making friends. It's the key to having fun. It's the key to interesting relationships. It's it's even the key to parenting. I'm learning more and more that if I stay curious as opposed to thinking that I know, even as a parent, If I stay curious and watch and observe and ask my children what's happening and to tell me what would work best for them, then everything flows. And that's, that's the dream. That's the dream for me. You guys enjoy your summer. I hope it is filled with fun. Mm -hmm.